All right, everyone, hold on to your hats. It's Joe and Mike back again, buildassetsonline.com. You know, a little bit of a different episode today, Mike. Um, we sold another website. You know, it's exciting, but it's not that exciting. Yeah, and don't we're gonna... sound so. Uh, don't sound so happy. Listen, how many websites have we sold to date? This is one on the lower end. Um, yeah. It's exciting how little work went into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to get into about the website, about, you know, how much time it took. Cause it's all, it's all uh perspective. You know, if you're working day in and day out to sell a website and the audio is echoing, echoing Will says. Whose audio? I don't know. I don't see how that's possible. Me neither. I don't have any settings changed or anything. Anyway, if you're working day in and day out and you sell a website for, you know, 65,000, not that impressive, but when you're just launching assets into orbit, like it's nothing and you pick one off, boom, sell it for 65,000. It didn't take a whole lot of uh, daily energy. Then there's a lot to be said for that. And that's really the basis of what build assets online stands for is creating these assets and now you just have a bunch of them and you say, Hey, it's time. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sell this one. And that's what we did. Yeah. And I think that's kind of been, I mean, so it's kind of been our approach. I want to say for the past year or so, but the thing is, is it just takes a while with these sites to really see, I could say, yeah, I want to start doing this, but then it's really not going to be until a while later until it comes to fruition. So that's, that's part of the problem with niche sites is that they just take so long to get off the ground. That's one of the problems I have with them. But other than that, I mean, once you get it off the ground and running, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It hasn't stopped you from making them. I know. It's just, it's so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> well, why is it stupid? I don't know. I feel like I make them because I have the writers that need work. You know, we talked about <laughs> we talked about this many times on the stream, Mike. Maybe maybe not enough, but when you have out stuff outsourced, it really makes you do more work. Cuz I I have writers that have been working for us for a number of years. Um one's from the Philippines, one is American native, born, lives in Croatia. Then a couple others here and there. But the reason you say I keep making these sites is because, you know, they need stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, the infrastructure is already set up. So you might as well just keep feeding the beast. And yeah, that's what it comes down to. And then I got the other guy that that uploads pictures, like, you know, one of our VAs. So it's just the whole thing is there. So and it, yeah. We used to have a writer on staff, and I was like, I don't, what, what kind of assignments do I give her? And so it started. It it just that's the process. Well, it's it's not it's not stupid. It's not stupid. Yes, there there is a lag time to creating the block sites, and you know they start getting traffic, and then they start making a little bit of money, and you know there's a bit of a delay to the sales process, unlike with drop shipping, where you can be making that profit first month. And, you know, you could be making a shitload second month, whatever the block sites. Yes, they're going to take a long time. But I think with us, we've we've gone through these phases of learning from so many different people, 
you got John Dykstra, you got Authority Hacker, every, everybody that talks about blogging, uh, you've probably, you probably know about them. You've probably learned a little bit from them. We've had to kind of take them all and, and put them into the, the build assets online filter and decide how do we make these blog sites in a way that aligns with our vision? Because, you know, when we first started doing this, it was like we made these sites that had no direction. They had no finality. And right. that, that hurts, that hurts the vision versus now what our approach is. And I think this one is like the first case study of that approach is just, it's the blog blast off method, right? You put in a bunch of energy in the beginning or, you know, whether the energy is done by you or by a team of writers, whatever you get the asset into orbit and then you let it cruise around, do another, do it, do an orbit of the, the earth. And then, uh, you know, wherever it's at after that year, year and a half, traffic is trending up, profits trending up, then you you get rid of it, you sell it. Right. It's all about timing. And that's because this business model, um, this is part of the problems that we've run into with it. It's very, very volatile. Niche sites are very, very volatile. You could have a site one day that Google loves, and then the next day they hate it and all your traffic tanks or you lose a large percent of your traffic. And, you know... I can't tell you the amount of times this has happened to people I know. It's happened to us on numerous occasions. But yeah, that's kind of taking all that into consideration is how we're sort of approaching this now. And I feel like, you know, for us it, it, at this stage, it's the only, it's the best way for us to do it. So we could pull up well, the slide deck. Before we get into the presentation, I want to just acknowledge the chats. And uh, if you're here, leave a chat, leave a thumbs up, subscribe for the algorithm, do all the things for the algorithm that the algorithm loves. We need to start appealing to the algorithm before uh, before it's too late. Tim Skell says, yo, yo. Dan Z said, time to take it easy. John Francis blasting off on some Team Rocket shit. Yes. Justin, yo, yo. Will said, take it easy. Kenneth said, hey, nice watch, Kenneth. Joel said, uh, hand pink waving. Agreed. What does based mean? I see that sometimes. Based is like, um, I don't know. Can somebody, can somebody chat what it means? It's like, um, boss. Okay. In the same way you would say like, oh, boss, it's like a boss move. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Tim Skellinger says, what about creating niche sites that users who frequent the site regardless of organic, such as a message board? Well, I mean, I think we've seen big sites be really successful as message boards um, like Quora. I guess that's not really a niche down message board. Uh, formerly Yahoo Answers. You know, in my mind, uh, why, why reinvent the wheel? There's lots of opportunity for just doing the easy bow blog method well, Tim's always trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, right? Like we have we have a formula that we've been working on that works. And it kind of fits our criteria of it's it's has some finality. We know how to kind of do the creation process and get these sites to get traffic. We they get ad revenue, which I'm sure we'll get into in the, in the presentation a little bit. Um 
and then you sell it. But Joe, I want to touch upon a thing you said. You said these these sites are volatile, and you know Google Ads can, or not Google Ads, but Google can penalize you, penalize a site. The rankings can go down, etc. But I, I do want to um, play devil's avocado a little bit to that. We've gone through a, a number of different updates and these situations, and we've seemed to have our sites usually recover. Yeah, they ha- yeah. I think the problem is so we've had a number of sites that got hit in the last May twenty twenty two update, and it um, I don't know who that is, but uh, sorry, I was just looking at a comment. Yeah, so in the May twenty two, that was like the biggest update that hurt a lot of our sites. Um, I think they've all recovered for the most part, but the thing is, is like it just messes up the timing of the sale, right? Right. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't, if you don't get it that first time around, you got to do what you got to do to recover the website. Maybe you don't have to do anything. It's just like in the last year, Google has done updates that are kind of unprecedented, like in, re- in recent history, I feel like. Um, but, you know, there, there will be another chance to sell it. But right. as, as we're kind of going through our new strategy for blogging, it's it is about you kind of get rid of it at the very first chance you get just because these sites are so easy to make um that it's like it's like why not it's almost it's almost a combination of kindle the way that we approach kindle books with blogging because you know to create a kindle book towards the end of of our kindle journey it was like a thousand bucks maybe a little bit more to create a book and to create a series, which would be your big money maker, you know, you're looking at four of those and, and all that. So you're looking at a few thousand bucks to create a Kindle book that's going to make money for a while. And then eventually it's going to die out, maybe, et cetera. You could take the same approach with, you know, spend that money on a blog, let it go for a year. And uh, you got a nice little asset there. So I guess without further ado... Uh, let's, 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 let's answer the rest of the chats because we have okay. some, uh, some interesting stuff in there. Well, Tim, Tim is talking about he wants a message board. He wants to have a password-protected paywall. And if organic dies down, do you have a regular user base? But again, reinventing the wheel. I want to say that this, this also isn't realistic. Okay. So so the only way you're going to make money with a, with a message board is through ads. Like you're not going to have any really heavy-hitting affiliate traffic, especially people aren't coming back to the forum and like clicking your affiliate links and, and, and things. So – you're going to have to build up a forum user base of at least 50,000 people a month to make like anything like that's even worth talking about per month, yeah. which isn't even that much, but you're not going to do that. Like you're not going to have a forum that's frequented by 50,000 people a month. It's just no way. Yeah. Especially in today's day and age, who uses message boards these days? It's like not it's not as common anymore. You know, so it's more of a Gen X type uh, web feature. Listen, I don't care what anyone says. For most of us out there, Google is the god. All the big tech companies are the god. They're the gods of this whole situation. Google is the one that's going to give you the traffic every month that's going to make you money. Even if you say you different situation, you sell an app. You get taken off of the the Google store or the app store, the Apple app store 
you're done. So trying to come up with all these ways, even like an email list, email list is great, but like say our whole YouTube channel, say the build assets online YouTube channel got deleted tomorrow. Yeah. We have an email list. Like, so what? If we don't have the constant new views of the YouTube channel, like it's just not going to work. So, you know, all this stuff about traffic diversification and different ways, again, re reinventing the wheel, trying to come up with the perfect business plan. I just, I, I just don't believe in it for a regular person. Yeah. I mean, there's validity to doing the email list approach, but it's just, again, it's like we talk about simplicity versus trying to do this whole thing where, like you're saying, you need to have a message board and you need to get people on it and get their emails. And it's like, Number one, how easy is it? How repeatable is it? And what's the likelihood that it's going to work? This What we're going to show you here is easy, it's repeatable, and it has a high probability of, of working out. Yeah, that's all I care about. You know, it's not that you can't even do a, like collect emails for the, for these types of websites either. You could add on all the bullshit you want. Right. You can add on a for you can add on all that stuff, but it's never going to be a big percentage of your business model. This site had an email list. It had an email, list, but the percentage of profit from the email list was so minuscule that it's like nothing. Like you're just not going to beat the ad revenue rates of people coming to your site day in and day out from Google. Unless you're doing an affiliate thing, then you'll beat the RPMs. But again, they have to keep coming week in, week out from Google. Yeah. Or if you really want to diversify, you really want to get the best RPMs, have a blog site with your dropshipping store. Right. Of course, that's the uh, that's what you should be doing. I mean, yeah, that's how you're going to get the best RPMs. All right. So without further ado, what are the basic details? So this is a site we sold on Empire Flippers. Took three days to sell, which I want to talk about. Um, price point sixty four. We it was listed a little higher, but we sold it for like sixty five thousand. So the price point I think is very very important because of the headache factor. As you get into the higher and higher price points, it becomes more of a headache. Like people want to get SBA loans. It's like a more it's like a more in depth process. You know, there's more just, just so much more that goes into it. So. You know, I like, I think I like, and when, when we talk about our land business and kind of compare this to the land thing, I like the 20 to a hundred thousand dollar price point. Obviously if, you know, we could sell something for more, that's great too, but I like where it's quick, it's easy and that's it. You move on. Yeah. Yeah. Even with land, once you start to get over that price point, it's like you get, you're getting into a smaller, more niche audience where not everybody has $200,000 just to drop on a website, a property, et cetera. Um, yeah. in this price range, it's like, it's affordable. It's appealing. There's more buyers. And yeah, I, I didn't realize it took three days to sell. I, I thought it was longer. Frankly, I thought we were going to sell it first day, actually. You know, we, yeah. we, the listing I, went up and every two minutes we're getting an email. Somebody else is unlocking the listing. Someone else is unlocking the listing. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought a, a sale was imminent. And I'm actually 
we probably could have sold it for the full amount it was listed at. But again, you know, sometimes you got to just take the win instead of sticking it out for an extra $10,000 that turns into, you know, $8,000 after the fees. And it's like, yeah. So monetize the ads and affiliate um, affiliate was made up probably like 90% or more of the revenue. The site started in 2020. Um, ads made up 90% of the revenue. Yeah, the ads made up 90% of the revenue. I had a writer, one of the writers we had on staff. Again, I had nothing for her to do. I was like, just seed this website. Here's like a handful of keywords. And that was that. And so we spent 10000 on her earlier in this year. So the, the revenue is based on like the yearly, the yearly income. So yeah, we spent 10000 this year on it. Um, and that was all an ad back. And yeah, pretty, uh, pretty simple. So we barely made, we're making any investment into this site compared to like what it earned and what it sold for. Well, I want, I want to talk about this here. People will say, okay, you spend 10,000 on the website. It will only made 1800 a month for 12 months. So that's what is that's like 20,000 bucks. Right. But that 10,000 was really front loaded like a long time ago. So no money had been spent on the website for a while. Right. So it was an ad back and Will is asking, how was it an ad back? And that's a good question. Well, because when you have a situation where you don't have to, it's not a, 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 a recurring part of the business. Like, like for example, like a Shopify app you have on your drop shipping store. That app is a cost every month if it's like an important app and then you don't like uninstall it or whatever. But like, yeah, so the content and the link building, it's not an ongoing expense. The site hasn't actually spent money on itself in a long time. Right. So a lot of that money was spent on links. Yeah. Some was spent on articles. Yeah. And so, like you said, it's an ad back because that expense doesn't need to be done again. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not a recurring part of the business. Right. It's not like Google ads where you're spending the money on the ads and you turn off the ads and it stops. And by the way, it was only a partial ad back or so. It was like 80%. It was like 80%. And I think that's up to the discretion of the, of the sellers of empire flippers. And so having it, having the site not spend money for a while is important for the timing i'd say so you started the site in 2020 um how much expense do we think was put into it from 2020 up to 2022 not much maybe like a couple thousand so the real bulk of the expense came the year that we sold it and what, what was the reason behind that well that was when i was decided like all right you know, that was kind of when we decided, okay, this is our, our strategy. We're going to basically spend the money into these sites, have them reach their peak point and then flip and then sell them off. So it was kind of when we decided that. So we knew kind of, whereas in 2020, I didn't really have a vision for it. I just, it was just the writer needed something to do. And I was, you know, it was really, uh, was a bit less experienced back then. Right. So the, the 10,000 was to kind of give it a final push so that 
whatever it was nine months down the line, it would, the traffic would be higher, the earnings would be higher, and that would make for a more appealing site for somebody to buy. Right. People want to buy sites that are kind of going up or, you know, pretty steady for a long time. But in my opinion, I think if you have a site, you know, long-term projecting up, um, it's, it's appealing for a buyer. Right. Yeah. So that's about that. So the strategy, here's some of the strategy um, for the site. The site had around 400 posts. And you might say, wow, that's a lot of posts, but a lot of them were like really short. So some simple 600 word posts were getting almost 2000 views per month. And it was totaling around 200,000 sessions. And I think this could have been better. Like a lot of, and I'm going to explain why in the next uh, section, but I think this could have been better, but still the fact that there was one post that got 10% of the traffic and the rest was kind of like evenly, somewhat evenly split between the next like 200 posts so i think some posts were wasted and i think this could have been done better but still uh it's good that there wasn't just a handful of posts taking up a bulk of the traffic again um you know we're at we're at we're at like two hundred thousand sessions so if if you remove 10 percent of that that's twenty thousand. the site is still still getting one hundred eighty thousand sessions so um that's what i like is when there's not one post getting like say 30% of the traffic or a handful of posts getting 80% of the traffic. Um, then I feel like your pillars aren't that strong. And also with the easy to write article format that I was coming up that I would, that I was using, you know, it didn't have to be like that crazy. It was just like you were really doing the, the bare bones of what SEO is, which is the H1, the meta description, and the URL slug. So say, oh, I'll, 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 we'll talk about this on the next slide. So a lot of the, the keywords were really unique keywords about asking questions about different behaviors. So like, what does it mean when a bowling ball curves to the left? This wasn't one of the actual ones, but this is just like a similar thing. A list of things that people can use in different situations. So like one one-on-one things to tell your boss when you want to raise. And there were ClickBank affiliate um, products um, sprinkled, sprinkled in where relevant. So if you think about like this one-on-one things to tell your boss when you want to raise, like people type into Google stuff, like what to say to your boss when you want to raise. Like, how do I tell my boss that I need to off for the day? <laughs> how do I tell my boss that I want to bring my dog to work. How do I tell my boss to give me off for my wedding? You know, there's all sorts of things like this that can be done with really, really short articles that you don't have to think too much about. As long as you do the very basics of SEO optimization, which is the heading, the title, and the URL slug, then it should be pretty easy to rank for this kind of stuff. That's actually a good um, website, like convincemyboss.com. Well, I think that leads to the direction that we're going, Mike, is that, yeah, simple websites, easy to do. I want to get the, I want to get the AI stuff like work it. Well, we have an AI project that's, uh, let's see, let's see how many posts were added to our, uh, work it. well, 
to our AI, to our AI project today. <sighs> I'm not seeing that many posts added today, which <laughs> there's going to, someone's going to get an earful about this, but <laughs> we have an AI um, project going on where, you know, we're adding, I would say it, we're kind of up to speed on adding like five high quality posts per day. And it's not, it's not what you think it is. It doesn't use Jasper. It doesn't use chat GPT. It's a different kind of AI that. Although we are, we are brainstorming a chat GPT website, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm messing around, I'm messing around with the AI writer. I started messing around with it this morning. Um, I don't want to go off too far on that tangent, but what, if you can get the AI to be undetected, what I'm thinking it could be good for is just stuff that there's certain things that are like black and white, you know, like for example, like what year was George Washington born or something? You know, if you think yeah. of stuff that is straightforward, doesn't really require like nuanced human explanation. I feel like the AI can do good at stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not there yet. Okay. As everybody, yeah, everybody's going to want, you start talking about the AI blogging, everybody's ears are going to perk up and they're going to flip out. Well, I think I might, I mean, I, I'm working on want, something. I might buy an AI course. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I'm just thankful we made it this far. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, the AI people love the AI dude because it's like the quick, it's the quick, easy path to success. You know, it's like the war, the whole warrior form, the whole ideology just condensed into one sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, but I also think you gotta, I, I'm trying to, think about it and kind of stay with it, stay on top of it so that we don't fall behind. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be a boomer and oh, the AI, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, you get, you fall behind, but you also don't want to fall into the, again, the warrior trap of like, you know, it's, this, this tool is going to be an instant uh, money. Printer. Yeah. Let's just, let's just put it this way. And I want to do a whole separate, uh, this was actually going to be the topic of today, but I forgot we sold this site. So you said we should talk about this. Um, <laughs> My bad. I wanted to talk about how AI and chat GPT cannot make you money. Period. You know, the only people that are going to make money with AI and chat GPT are people that, that are already know how to make money online. Right. If you're a newcomer and you haven't made your first dollar before without AI, the AI, I don't think is going to help you at all. I think it's going to hurt you actually. You think because they're not going to put in the work to, you know, see like the trial and error to know how to actually execute something properly? Yeah, I think for it to get it to work in a way that's going to make money, you have to kind of tune it and use it yeah. in a way that makes sense. And you would know that it makes sense from your past experience. Right, exactly. So anyway, so these are the types of keywords that – um. I was going for, there were no like best keywords, like no, you know, best vacuum cleaner for dog hair, no like heavy physical product, Amazon affiliate stuff, just real, real simple. And real, real simple. I have a home, another point where, you know, 90% of the revenue was from ads. And yeah. I think in the past I've been kind of resistant to this because the ads are, 
you know, kind of low earnings, I guess you can say, obviously compared to drop shipping and compared to even affiliate stuff sometimes. But the caveat here is like the sheer amount of keywords that you can go after and the level of competition that exists for a lot of these keywords um, ads are just are much more appealing versus everybody everybody wants to do the best x versus y they want to do the best all, all these these sort of keyword ideas that fall within the same thing there's a limited amount of them everybody's fighting for that space versus ads you monetize something with ads there's a there's a zillion things you can just think of and put up and rank very quickly right and so um here's what i want to improve on so this site, I feel like topically, it had some really good, strong topic clusters. Like, for example, um, you know, something about how to tell your boss something. So it had a lot of articles like this that were kind of similar in, in their topic. And those did really well. But I think I also put out too many articles that were too far outside of it. And so I think it kind of struggled to rank for that kind of stuff. And also there was no really well thought out internal linking structure. Um, so in the future, kind of what I'm doing is I'm going to be, of course, doing a lot of long tail keywords so that you have the effect of the traffic being spread out across a lot of different pages. But what I will be doing is, um, so, so say I'm having this example here, uh, types of maple trees. There are lots of little keywords about maple trees. And types of maple trees just happens to be one of the highest volume queries about maple trees. So I will cover everything there is to cover about maple trees and then make sure that all those little posts link up to the, to the big post. So again, I, I want to really stress about staying within a single topic and, um, you know, making sure that the link structure within that topic makes sense. And I'll probably actually publish the, um, well, maybe in some instances I'll publish sites with no internal linking. It's kind of like a blank slate. Um, well, there'll, there'll be links to like the category pages and stuff. And then when I see some signs of, okay, this is ranking top three without any internal links, this is position six or seven, you know, I will use the, uh, the juice accordingly to, from the pages that are ranking without links to the ones that are ranking, um, aren't ranking without internal links, if that makes sense. Well, what's the harm to just having internal linking from the jump and then rearranging it based off of what um, is doing the best? Uh, Cause it would be kind of like a hassle to rearrange it. Cause it's more like it would get too messy. Like you gotta delete stuff and then okay. kind of hard to keep track of, of what's going where to where if you have a blank slate, it could be a bit easier, I think. Okay. Because once you start getting into the weeds of like, oh, it's just going to mess up the flow, I think. It's, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to do is for future sites, leverage partial match domains and, and really complete the topical loop on those domains. I'm honestly, I'm about to pull this trigger on an expired domain right now that I saw with uh, ODYSS or whatever that I thought was interesting. It's about a particular sport. And I want to see if I could use this AI writer to cover some of the aspects of it um, 
that 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 it, that it could do easily, and then use a writer for the things that it can't do easily. So you want to use AI for that? I mean, like I, I feel like I I got I got to throw some stuff at the wall right now, you know? Yeah, because if it works, good. Yeah, that's the thing with blogs. Is like, there's always things to be experimenting on, um, different types of blogs, etc. But again, it's been important for us to have a, a more of a set structure to how we do things. And this is like, yeah, what you're so describing is it, it's it's within the set structure, but you're just saying, okay, could I use AI to do it? Yeah, this AI writer actually gets it. Like, um, I mean, the writing is okay but it like it, it gets it undetectable like if you run it through an ai detector it doesn't detect it yeah so what i might do is have the ai writer complete everything it's this this one's actually kind of expensive it's $500 for 20 articles um but yeah it's like pretty like per word it gets it pretty cheap and then what I might do is uh, hire an editor. So I'll pump out all the articles to complete the topical loop, hire an editor for like another thousand bucks to go in and then press the final publish. So yeah. that could be something. I don't know. I don't know if it's easy. That's the thing with these tools. It's like, I feel like sometimes it takes more work just to get them to work correctly. Yeah. So the, the partial match domain in this example here with the maple trees, it'd be something like having a domain of a maple tree man. Yeah, exactly. Know. Exactly. Because that makes a big deal. Another site we sold a while back um, was a similar situation. It was about skiing and it had, you know, no links. It was like 25 articles. I wrote them all myself. We sold it for like 30K and it was like, you know, it just ranked for like a lot of ski keywords over like general outdoor sites that have a lot more invested into them in terms of money. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at with that 20, 20 some articles. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It took so long to like for it to do anything. That's like, I forget about it and I feel like, and then I forget about it. And then like, I'm reflecting on the strategy like a year later. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's why you got to have a diverse portfolio, you know? Yeah. It's like people that are, that are fully invested in blogging. Yeah. If, if the algorithm, if you get a, a algorithmic penalty or whatever, one month, that's, that's your sole level of income. It's like devastating. It's a, it's a lot to handle mentally as well. Yeah. But like with, you know, when that kind of happened to our sites, you know, I'm sure you weren't happy about it, but it was like, all right, what did I just do land for a couple months till these recover? Like it was like, you have the ability to kind of just let it breathe and, and let the dust settle. Um, versus again, if you're just committed to that one type of asset, it's going to be torturous until it uh, resolves itself. If it does. Yeah. So we got more slides or what's uh no it's just oh, the question slide that's about it <laughs> questions what are we in high school i don't know you know i was gonna 
we were going to put something together for this, like a boot camp, but I don't know. I mean, if people want a boot camp, then, then, you know, let us know in the comments or in the, the chat or whatever, and we can, we can do it. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the issue that some of our students have with blogging is like, they're scared to do it or I don't know. They need, they need, they need an extra push just to get, just to do it. And yeah, it's something that a year later you come back to, you say, Hey, this is making, you know, 800 bucks a month. Like yeah, we have students that have implemented a lot of our SEO strategies and like their dropshipping stores, like their sites are ranking or, or their, their, their pages are ranking. Their, their blogs are ranking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bootcamp would be like, you know, we, you basically have steps every week. You do the steps and then we review as a group what you've done. Yeah. Kind of so, like forcing you to do it. Yeah. So Wilson, can you please compare and contrast land dropshipping and blogs? How would you recommend using all three together to make the most money over time? So <clears throat> blogs are going to be kind of longest thing to bear fruit. I'd say, but probably the least upkeep and, you know, easy to sell. So when we talk about like the sheer idea of building an asset and selling it, selling a blog site is a lot easier than selling a dropshipping site and you can get a better multiple for it. There's more buyers for it. And we'll probably do a separate video on like our experience using Empire Flippers for this. And um, there are other websites you can use. Like you can use Motion Invest. You could use Quiet Light. You could use Flippa. There's a big marketplace for these. Again, easy to transfer everything because it's all digital. Um, so what's really appealing to me about the blogs is like you spend a few thousand bucks to get the blog off the ground. That kind of sprouts into an asset that you're going to sell for. 30, 60, 90, $100,000. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, it's, it's almost like, use the analogy of like a, like a nursery. Like you plant all these seeds, they sprout, and then you pick them once they're, you know, at, at peak freshness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, drop shipping is, I'd say, the fastest easiest way to kind of mastering online marketing and to getting high ticket profits. So with, with, with little, uh, with minimal upfront money to spend on your own end, you know, doesn't cost that much to start a dropshipping store. doesn't cost anything to get suppliers, you start running ads, you know, you get a free credit there and boom, you could be making sales that make you several hundred dollars, you know, $800, $1,000. And there's really no other business model where you could do that. And, ha and you have that rolling in consistently month over month. And of course, it's an asset you could sell. Land is kind of, I view it as almost like a dropshipping store, but you get to the point where, you know, you have all this money built up and you kind of understand things now and you want a place to put your money and make kind of, even higher ticket sales. I view land as like the most high ticket drop shipping, but it's going to come at the price of, you got to send mail out. It's going to cost a few thousand bucks. You got to deal with sellers. You got to buy the property, know what you're doing there. And it's not, it's not that difficult. 
and you got to wait for that property to sell. It could sell the next week, it could sell the next month, or it could take, you know, six months, whatever, depending on the price you're selling at and, you know, how well you've done your market research and all that. But at the end of the day, what you get out of that is, hey, I bought this property for $10,000. I just sold it for, you know, $30,000. I just made $20,000 profit. And I didn't really have to like do anything to do that. So it's just, it's just a bigger money game and you have to kind of wait for that money to come in. You don't exactly know when it's going to come in versus drop shipping, you know, month over month, you're going to be bringing in money. So, yeah. I don't know. Hope that answered your question. But I'll tell you what, Joe, we got some land things going right now. <laughs> they, uh, if they pan out how I think they pan out, then some changes are going to have to be made because it's going to be. Oh, yeah. What kind of changes are those? Big money. I don't know. We have to rearrange some things. Are people getting fired? No, no, I don't think so. I think some consolidation is going to, be, going to have to happen. So as time goes on, will you lean more into land over the other two? Um, it's yet to be seen. Like I just said, I think, uh, you know, we're testing some things out with the land. We got some properties that, again, I think um, if they sell for what we expect them to sell for, it'll have big implications on how we view our portfolio. I'll say that. But, you know, I go back and forth on it and, and it's like, I like having the store. I like having the stores that bring in. I get a boom, big sale. Just made a few thousand bucks. Got the blogs going. Boom, pick one off, sell it, make a chunk of change. So, I like the consistency of those things. Problem with land for me is just the you gotta wait for the properties to sell. The money goes in. The money comes out. I mean, as far as this, you know, sheer profit, it's amazing, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, man. Yeah, I really want to get the AI to work. I mean, I don't know, because it would just be so easy. It'd be like printing money in a way. Exactly. That's what everybody wants. I I bet you if you go to Warrior Forum right now, fifty percent of the uh, the WSOs would be about AI. <laughs> Maybe. So the last question is: the goal of yours to do a million plus exit on a dropshipping store, or at this point, can that be accomplished with Land for Easier? Um, it is a goal. You know, I, I expect it to happen. But you can also make a million dollars with land, like, but just just not at one time. I mean, yeah, I, I've heard of people like selling properties and making over a million dollars. Um, but like, it's more it's more experience. Like, you got to consider that the dropshipping website. I mean, we've already sold one for. 
high six figures. And the other one that I, I expect to sell for seven figures, it's like we built those from nothing. It didn't take any investment really, like upfront investment. It didn't take knowing it. Like we, we came into those without knowing much, without spending much. And then over time we grew them into these, these behemoths that can sell for a lot, a lot of money. So you can't really do that with land. It's always going to cost money up front to buy the property. And it's never guaranteed that you sell the property for what you think it's going to sell for. You could have a, you could be fairly certain, but it's just, you, you don't know the exact timeline. You don't know the exact amount. So hope that answers your question. Yeah. yeah, I think this AI stuff could work. I don't know. If we get an edit, I feel like we need an editor. And then it could just, I could, a site could be, so this writer is really nice, like the thing I'm looking at. But I don't know, it needs someone manning it and it need. I don't know, is it worth it to have some, to, to incorporate this into the process or to have someone just write the articles? That's the question. I don't know. You tell me. And again, it's like the idea of how much, how much do you put into experimenting with these things versus just rinsing and repeating on what works? Yeah. I like the idea of it. Cause it would be like an easy way to get a, a site started without moving the writer resources around, if that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. It's kind of why I, I like the idea of it. Well, how many, how many blogs we have up in the, uh, in orbit right now? I don't know. A lot of them are shitty, but there's uh there's a couple that I started that I'm hoping are going to be good. Well, we got a couple bigger ones too. Oh yeah, we have a couple bigger. I'm talking. I don't even pay attention to the one that the ones that make money. I'm thinking, <laughs> about, I'm thinking about the new ones. That's the problem. Yeah, maybe. I guess I was. I'm still trying to wait and see how the ones that make money kind of pan out because, you know, at this point, I think we're making. I'd say ten to twenty thousand a month with them, but it's just I'm waiting to see how how they do with the up and down of the latest of the update that happened in May. Cause yeah, they've been so through once that kind of uh, resolves itself and once enough time goes by where the graph looks good, then, then it's getting listed. Pretty much. I, I, I don't know. One of them I think might get a big content push. I don't know. Dylan asks, how do you guys think searching for products will change with AI? I don't know if it's there yet to determine that because like in my opinion, what it really comes down to it is you're going to search for products. You're going to require suppliers and you're not really, you're not really going to know like how much something sells and it's going to sell based on, how well you run the ads, 
how good your offer is, all this stuff. So like, what could AI do for you that's actually going to give you a leg up in those things? AI can't run the ads for you. I mean, Google wants to have their AI run the ads for you, but you, you know, you get what I'm saying. AI can't help you create your product page and do all these little things to make the sale and run the ads and get the SEO going. So searching for products is just one part of the equation. You can give two people the same product. They're not going to have the same level of sales. And we've talked about that numerous times. And that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. I almost don't, I don't even, yeah. The AI thing is really kind of pissing me off actually, <laughs> because I don't like, like I probably spent like how many hours in the past week or couple weeks trying to trying to look into it and figure it out in different applications. But for what? I don't know. I feel like it's not there yet. And it's trying to fit a, it's like trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole or something right now. Yeah. He means from the consumer side. So he could just disregard everything I'm saying. Uh, now you're getting into like how many people are going to actually use AI for like product recommendations. I mean, I, I don't think like, yeah, I don't know because like if you think about it, like how many people actually know what Chat GPT is? Yeah, like our parents gonna aren't gonna use it. Like if you walked outside right now, I'd ask ten people, how many are gonna know what Chat GPT is? Or beyond knowing what it is, like people have people having used it. You know what I'm saying? People aren't actually using it. So maybe you hear about it in the news or, you know, you see it or whatever, but like not that many people are actively using it. Yeah. That's kind of the problem when you're spending so much time looking at like a feed, whether it be like a YouTube feed or whatever, and you're tuned into the money-making algorithms. Chat GPT is everywhere, but like yeah, or anything tech-related, it's, it's going to be everywhere. But I don't know how many people in the – when I go to the grocery store and I'm checking out, is the cashier – does she know what chat GPT is? Like, no. She has no clue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any time in the future that many people, that big of, the, of a consumer base will be using chat GPT to ask it what to buy and then on top of that, like, listening to it at value, at face value. I think you have a long time before that happens. Yeah. I mean, the, what's, what is the biggest spenders? Who are the biggest spenders in, you know, the U S right now? Would it be like, like the boomers? Um, maybe probably. Do my, my Peter, uh, Zian impression. What's the biggest <laughs> source of capital right now for the U S economy. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's the it's the boomers. They got all the cash, and they're they're so big of a cohort, right? So, I don't think the boomers are going to be asking Chat GPT for what uh, I don't know. what what do boomers buy? I don't know boats. <laughs> yeah, maybe when the boomers die off, it'll be a different story. Yeah, yeah, but at that point. There's no point in even talking about it. 
<sighs> I think we got to look into that blessing loom stuff. <laughs> You're so late, Joe. <laughs> the blessing looms were popping a while ago. That might be the wave of the future. I don't think so. But listen, you want to talk about the wave of the future? You gotta, you gotta learn how to actually implement the skills necessary to build assets online. And then once you learn, you could use AI as a tool with the skills you already have. So yeah, you got to go to buildassetsonline.com slash class, take our free web class, see sites we built without AI, sites we've sold, and how you could do it too. And uh, yeah, this is how we built our seven-figure online asset portfolio. And uh, I'll tell you what, people looking for shortcuts, it's like you said, Joe, the time you spend looking for the shortcut, you could have just did the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's so, that's part of the problem. It's it's a huge, huge thing. Like, you know, I'll go I'll go back to like uh, like trading, like stock trading. Mother effers wanna they see it as a way to just make money instantly, right? They see it as a shortcut because you put in a trade, it goes up. You cash out, you just made $10,000, whatever. But the time you spent learning it, implementing it, failing, losing money, making money, losing money again, making the money back, you just lost it again, and you still have nothing to show for it. And years have gone by, and all the while, you could have just built an asset online. Yeah. And you'd be taken at ease. I don't know. Yeah, I would I say I would say for most for most people, trading stocks has to be the worst return on your time of anything else you could do. Because yeah. think about it. I go say I'm a wage cuck, right? I go out to my job. At least I'm building clout within the industry, within the organization. So, yeah, even though if I lose my job, I have nothing. I have the experience. I have the resume. I can go get another job. Yeah, you know Becky in HR and her husband works for the, this guy, and you know, you'll get an interview because of that. Exactly. You're at home being a freaking incel, trading stocks and just losing money and making money and then losing it again. You have, you have no money, even though you had money yesterday. You have no money today. You have no clout because you're at home. You're not talking to anybody, and you have no skills. And you were doing all this to bypass the traditional route of being a wage cuck. And now you're worse than a wage cuck. Stock, stock cuck. <laughs> UV, do you offer free shipping on your stores? If yes, how do you deal with suppliers that don't include shipping rates and dealer pricing? Do you absorb shipping costs, which cut into margin? Well, we absorb the shipping costs, but if it cuts into the margin too much, then you just raise the price of the item. So, you know, you and your competitors are usually going to have similar pricing. So if you're dealing with it, they're dealing with it. And, um, you know, check what they're selling it at. Check if they're charging shipping. And, you know, <clears throat> like Google Shopping, it looks at the total cost. So if someone's charging $1,000 for the product plus $250 shipping, Google Shopping is going to, 
take it into account as a uh, $1,250 product versus if you're charging just $1,199 up front, um, Google sees that and they'll treat it as you have a lower price product. Yeah, if you, if you don't have accurate shipping um, on your page, Google will like crack down on you for that. It's crawling. It sees what you're doing. Uh, Hector says, three suppliers have to start setting up Google Ads. Yes. Yes. If they're map, then do it now. <laughs> That's it, Joe. You know, I feel like every time we do these uh, these sale videos, people want us to be hyped. Nah. To, uh, I don't know. Well, when something isn't a novelty anymore, then it's it's not easy that easy to get hyped over it. I know. This it wasn't enough dopamine. No, my baseline is too hot is uh <laughs> too high. What, what would it take? Well, you know what you're you know what you're supposed to do actually, from from what I understand, is you're supposed to like take a take an extended break and let the uh, let like the victory absorb before moving on to the next thing. You didn't do that. No, I know. I was right into the AI. <laughs> right into the AI rabbit hole. I mean, it is it is a stressful process. The actual selling of the website, like the migration. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. We'll, we'll make a separate video about that. Like, yeah, I was pretty on edge about it at first, but once things got underway it was just so quick yeah yeah it's a um it's a little bit of a risk there's a little bit of back and forth there's tension it's like you're walking a tightrope you know yeah i mean this was nothing compared to to ones we've done in the past oh yeah yeah that's why like yeah this one it was this one didn't even phase me really no, this just is because the, the the last one for six fifty whatever was like just months of torture. That by the time I couldn't even I couldn't even be I couldn't even enjoy the victory. <laughs> it, took, it took so much out of me. Yeah, it's like freaking Gettysburg. Anyway, Dylan Bennett is Thailand enjoyable in three k a month? Should be, yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of money in Thailand. Should be taken at ease. Why are the bottom of your feet so sensitive? You would think because like you're walking on them all the time, they would be desensitized. But like I can't scratch the bottom of my foot. It's too sensitive. Yeah, like, like I could scratch my arm like crazy, but I can't. Like it like tickles. I can't scratch it. I mean, your foot is also you know nice and uh, cozy in. A little fabric she fabric sheathing all day. Not not mine. You're wearing the socks. Barely. I mean, I got you got the hospital socks on. The I got, grip. I, I got a lot of calluses though. I mean, didn't your boy, you know, not wear uh, shoes for a whole summer, and then he was able to. His feet were pretty pretty durable after that. So yeah, I think if you just didn't wear shoes outside, then they'd be a lot more. Um, it's like the middle of my desensitized. Foot. Yeah. It's interesting though. These are the questions you get to ask when you're taking it ease. Yeah. If you think about it, it has like the most 
it bears the most weight of your whole body, yet it can't handle like a, a light touch to it. Yeah, there's something to that. We need a marine biologist. <laughs> Saturday asked, do you guys sell to customers outside the United States? Um, for dropshipping, the, the short answer is yes, but the long answer is, but not a lot. Like people actually buy st stuff from us here and there and then they like ship it overseas to wherever they are so it's common like someone actually the other day was like hey this thing is like screwed up uh and they were all pissed and they were like oh by the way uh it's in the dominican republic i was like what <laughs> and i looked it up and it was like a lot of times it'll go to like miami florida because they always got like you know forwarding services into central south america in there and uh yeah that that's that happens but like yeah there are entire businesses dedicated to like ship your thing like you could shop from like amazon us and it forwards it to wherever yeah yeah like ship it to is a big one uh it's like s h i p i t o and that's a um we recommend that to our like our our dropship customers say like if somebody buys something and then they're in Again, they're in Mexico or whatever. We're like, hey, we're not going to ship this to you. But if you use Shapito, it'll give you a U.S. address and we'll ship it there to you for free. So. Yeah. Is one supplier enough to start low-budget ads? Yeah, it's enough to start. And then, you know, just add more suppliers as you, uh, as you go along. Nothing wrong with getting started with one supplier. Get a... Uh, Get the site off the ground, get the ads off the ground, and uh, see what but, happens. But don't spend a lot of money. Low budget. Low budget. Low budget. Um, I'm saying hopefully your definition of low budget is good. Yeah. Joe's been, Joe's been running around with his hippie friends at Bonnaroo for too long. The only reason I know what Bonnaroo is is because I watched like Lizzo's special adventure or something, and she was going to play there. She was getting like the dancers ready to perform at Bonnaroo. So is that really a hippie thing? If Lizzo is I think playing? more importantly, why are you why are you uh, watching Lizzo's special adventure? I, I don't know. I become fascinated with things, and then I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta see it. Uh, no, Bonner yeah, Bonnaroo's decently hippie because it's like it's like a long it's like a long festival. I don't even know how long it is, but anybody that's that's at a festival for multiple days on end is is a friggin' wolf okay. in my brain. Well, Joe, Joe doesn't really leave the house too much, so I'm not going yeah. to any festivals. Yeah. I aspire to leave the house less. You know, I wonder if Tim's a big festival guy. I could see that. I have a vision of him in my head, like maybe tripping out at the festival, talking about his... Uh, yeah, you got to create a message board, man. His forum ideas, kind of like <laughs> that scene in Silicon Valley where... Uh, What's his name? Aldrich, uh, Eric, where Eric, Ehrlich? Uh, yeah, yeah, where Ehrlich goes on the spirit quest to find the logo or something or the name. Yeah, yeah, he, goes, yeah. he goes out to the desert. I mean, we've had to do that on, on a couple occasions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did it actually get us anywhere? <laughs> I forget what, what we even uh, spirit quested for, but well, I think didn't we spirit quest when we were coming uh, up with our first site like when we were coming up with our second site 
Yeah, that worked. Yeah, that propelled us into stardom. I remember we were doing a thing where, like, like we would bounce the ball, and then yeah, when when the person that was holding the ball would be the one talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took it took a lot of brain power to um come up with the website that we talk about inside the niche selection masterclass. If you go to buildassetsonline.com slash class, you can gain access to the niche selection masterclass and see our website. See, uh, see what it took. But Tim said, ha ha ha. I've definitely talked too much business at a festival before. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Tim, why, yeah, why you always got new ideas? That's what I want to know. Idea. Yeah. New ideas are so overrated. That's why I hate Shark Tank. Oh, I was th- I, I had it. Speaking of Shark Tank, uh, my wife watches Shark Tank all the time. It's like her go-to show, besides for Dave Ramsey. And so, very opposite. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, what if we did like like we we if she I was saying like save the clips that you think are like worth talking about, and then we care like play them and react to them talk about the the business aspect of them uh, yeah that's a good idea reacting to shark tank businesses yeah yeah if she just saves like what episode it is and like what business or something then we can uh, probably watch it on here yeah, yeah i noticed the reaction videos are, are big i've been watching a lot of um uh bruce rivers he's the criminal lawyer uh, oh uh i think i've heard of that guy I think he's been blowing up now because of, like the Andrew Tate situation. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm more so with watching him for like um keep up with like the Young Thug trial. Uh huh. And he's always just reacting to things like reacting to this that happened in the news, reacting to, and he's been blowing up. Oh yeah. So uh. Yeah, like reacting to like current events is just like, I feel like it's a a cheap way to get a lot of views. But yeah. it's hard for us to react to current events because there aren't really current events that correspond to like what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, did do a um, did do like a Shark Tank uh, like reaction like on one of the first videos on our channel. Um. <laughs> and then Tim says, I saw a Shark Tank where a guy came on whose backstory is that he had sold an e-com jewelry business for 300k and Cuban was super impressed. Mark Cuban is full of shit. <laughs> Nothing he says on this show ever makes sense. I feel like the Silicon yeah. Valley thing of like Russ Henneman or whatever, like is um it completely it kind of like really captures him. In one episode, he's talking about how he dropped out of high school, blah, 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 blah. He's going hard. He's sleeping on his friend's couch, dropping out. Then there was a kid who had like some crazy business. And he's like, and the kid's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about dropping out of college to, to really pursue it full time. And Cuban's like, yeah, I can't support you because you're, you're dropping out of college. And then there was a, it just, it just makes no sense. And then like, there was another time where this is what I talked about on my other channel. Um, there was he there was like the the product was like a fruit infusion water bottle so you would put the fruit 
inside like the the water thing and it would infuse into the water and the guy was saying how he was making sales through you know on his website and he put up a bunch of articles about like uh, like recipes like water infusion recipes and his conversion rate was something I'm like really guessing here his conversion rate was something like 2% and people like you got to get that conversion rate up and it's like his traffic is coming to people who from from people who are looking for recipes like again you're not going to have a conversion rate that high unless they're searching for like water infusion bottle so like i don't know maybe it was the way it was cut but it's like without any further details the cuban is just spouting nonsense yeah he's a he's a boomer dude i mean i don't know like we should tell him what our conversion rate is <laughs> but yeah new ideas i feel like they're just it takes a lot of energy to to birth a new idea and it's not even guaranteed that it's going to work versus just mastering a, a proven idea yeah that's why like i don't like shark tank it's just i'm like i don't i would never do this i mean look i i feel like I don't. I want to say it's it's a way to make it big, but so is like investing in, you know, real estate. Like there are things you could do <clears throat> at a more safe and sustainable rate than coming up with the with the scrub daddy. <laughs> well, exactly. People always look at the success; they don't look at the failures, and a lot of the failures you just don't see them because they're not showcased. Yeah. So big successes are always showcased. You don't see how many failures there are for every one big success. And again, I'd, I'd rather just do something that's going to have repeatable, likely chance of success. Speak like this website, we sold. Yeah, speaking of repeatable, likely chance of success, buildassetsonline.com/class is, <laughs> is where you can uh, learn our methods for a likely repeatable method of success using high ticket dropshipping plus Google ads plus SEO. You know, your conversion rate is not going to be up to Mark Cuban standards. Yeah. But you know, it's not going to be 10%, but it might be 0.1%. And you might have a very, very profitable and valuable business that you could sell. Yeah. You won't need to go on shark tank. I can't imagine having like, Fifty million dollars worth of uh, worth of debt. When you sign up with some venture capital company to do some nonsense. Well, you yeah. Well, usually they don't give debt. They they buy the company. Like they they're trying to get their money back. But yeah, I mean, who knows what the actual terms are? I feel like until the ink goes to paper, what you see on the show is kind of a yeah, kind of a fluffed up fluffed up version of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, what we do is going to have scrub daddy success and, you know, you, you got a hundred million dollar company, but you gotta, you gotta walk before you run, you know? So in my opinion, I think it's worthwhile to learn how to build websites that you could sell for, you know, good five figures, six figures, seven figures. And you have a repeatable process to just do that as much as you want until 
you get to your uh, desired level of financial freedom. You know, you could people could just have one website. You know, have a have a bunch of blogs, whatever. You sell one for sixty five k. You go to Thailand and you take it easy for. You know, Dylan Bennett here is talking three k a month, sixty five k. You're living for two years in Thailand. You got you don't got to do anything else. I'm done with these AI tools. The more, <laughs> the more I think about it, it's just like, I don't know. How can we use AI to trade the stock market? I'm sure people are doing that. I don't know. We should do it. Maybe. Go go find go find something that's guaranteed to work. <laughs> All right, let's cut it off here. The view, the views just started to. Uh, Every time we say AI, dude, the views just boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I swear, man, they're listening in. I mean, you want to cut it off or no? No, yeah, I want to go to Best Buy. I got to get an Android device. <laughs> Right. Talk about AI. You know, YouTube can't even figure out how to let you upload a custom thumbnail to a YouTube short without an Android device. That's the only way to do it. Look into it. Try to set a custom thumbnail on a YouTube short. You need an Android to do it. Yes. Yeah, so now you got to go to freaking Best Buy. Best Buy should just be outsourced to AI. Best Buy is very actually very interesting actually. If you think about it, they should have got crushed by like Amazon and and stuff like that. But they the Geek Squad like their their services and stuff like kept it alive. The Geek Squad saved them. Yeah, like I like like if I, I I'm gonna buy a TV. We have that Best Buy plan. It's like two hundred dollars a year. And when I got the like I got a TV like one of those art TVs. It's like free installation. Like it's good. Good. I like I, I like Best Buy. Yeah, I thought they I I thought they'd be extinct by now. No, they're booming. Best Buy is almost like a like a Kmart in my eyes. No, not at all. Best Buy is Best Buy is where it's at. Underground. Yeah, I'm done yeah. with AI. I'm done with AI, man. You should get a um get a pixel. No, I'm getting uh, like a like a what is it called? One of those burner phones, like a payphone. Yeah, like a like a cricket, freaking wireless. Yeah. <laughs> Has cell phone technology stopped? Like I feel like right like right now. I mean, nothing really new happens with it. Like the camera gets better and it's like a little faster, but like compared to like the Nextel chirp and stuff, it's like way different. But I feel like it's not that different in the past five years, six years. Kanye West said nothing has been invented since the iPhone. <laughs> okay. So you got, you got a hard. I'd have to think. I'd have to think about that one. I don't know. It's kind of like what you were saying, but. Yeah. No. 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 It's. I guess it's kind of true in the world of cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Has anything else been invented though? I don't know. We got to watch Shark Tank. Anything that's been invented, it corresponds to the iPhone. They got an app for it. It's got a 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to it has to connect to the yeah. whole iPhone built. But anyway, I've had enough. Sixty five thousand dollars. Right, uh, right down the gutter, because we're gonna throw it in a stock. And uh, no, I do want to start uh, talking about our investing strategy soon. We gotta expand out, Joe. We're talking too much about drop shipping. See, this was a good video. We talked about. We didn't really talk about drop shipping. People showed up. We gotta expand our horizons. We gotta be. Uh, yeah, we got. We got. We got to do the whole thing. Why don't you tell us what you want us to talk about? <laughs> this is this is what people want us to talk about. We have we have hours of video about this. Is B2B or B2C better to build a business around? You could do both of them. We've done both of them. You know what? There's going to be no dropshipping streams for the next six months. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if it tanks the business. We got we to gotta burn it down to build it back up. And the next stream is going to be about some just something else. <laughs> something else. Yeah. But if I, so now, just, what is it? People think if we answered something a month ago, two months ago, six months ago, especially, that answer is no longer valid. The same answers need to be constantly revalidated for the current moment right now. Facts. But those are the same people that aren't going to do it right now. And then a month is going to go by. <laughs> and what you just answered that month ago is no longer valid. They just need constant reassurance that what they do is it's going to succeed. It's going to succeed. It's going to succeed. But we can't make them do it. You can bring the horse to water, but can't make them pick an itch. It's very true. Hey, that is a good, that is a very good. It's a very good point. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So, with that being said, I'm done. I've had enough. Sixty-five thousand dollars. Another site sale. Who cares anymore? We're building assets online and that's that's what people expect from us so go to buildassetsonline.com slash class take our free web class and maybe we'll see you inside the elite fleet we can coach you we can help you build your blog help you build, build your dropshipping website and uh you too can have some assets you sell for a nice chunk of change so till next time this was fun take it or leave it but as always take it east take it east <laughs>